Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order Special Edition Faith Friday with my friend Karis Meyer. Karis and her husband, Ben, have four children and reside in Northern Virginia. She holds a BA in Christian Education and MA in Counseling. She's a wife, mother, author, counselor, and speaker. Karis has struggled with chronic illness for many years and is a passionate about sharing how God leads her through this journey. Her heart is to walk alongside others in their suffering and seek God's comfort and hope in that process. When Karis is not writing, you can find her enjoying the sun, taking walks, playing with her kids, watching soccer and reading. Karis Meyer, welcome and thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Such an honor. You are a published author of this book, Suffering Redeemed, Finding Strength to Endure Purpose in Pain and Hope for Tomorrow. It gets amazing feedback. I mean, that just reading the reviews on Amazon shows that you're really impacting a lot of people with this book. It's so funny because just yesterday I was visiting a friend and she she was like, um, so do a lot of people, you know, give you feedback on the book. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting because people will send me something that from my book, like a quote or something. And they'd be like, this really spoke to me. And I'll be like, I wrote that, <laughs> you know, and it kind of like, <laughs> it like actually speaks to me too. I'm like, thank you. Because I feel like so much of what I wrote was, was just a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just very, um, anyways, I won't go too much into it, but it's, it's something that I feel like God really gifted me with and is even blessing me in the process. So God does that with us. You grew up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. At what point did you start having a personal relationship with God that you were like receiving things from him? Cause that's, that's not normal in, in mm -hmm. many societies today where we're mm -hmm. hearing directly from the creator of the universe. As I watch my kids grow, you know, I think of them at different, like at their different stages and, and um, just my part is really to, for want to, to have them follow Jesus and to have a heart for Jesus. And so I'm like thinking back of, you know, when I was a kid, like what was, how was my relationship with God? And, and like you said, I was, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents are missionaries. So we, we did, travel overseas. We uh, lived overseas some, um, quite a transitory lifestyle. Um, and, but I remember the first time, so I had a dream when I was, I think, eight years old. We were living in um, Singapore at the time. And it was, it was a dream that where God really spoke to me. And I just, I knew at that point, like before then, I, I had accepted Jesus and I think as a child, you know, has faith I did, but it was that the first experience of this dream was where I really experienced the power and the holiness of God and, um, and just the awe of, of who God is. And, mm. and from then on, I think it was, I mean, I struggled some in my teen years just with rebellion and um, trying to, you know, taste things of the world. And, um, but then it was in, uh, after my freshman year of college, I went to a Bible school in Costa Rica. And that's where I really, I think 
grew like very deep roots in my faith and mm. um, in intimacy, walking with Jesus and learning how to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And yeah. um, so it was a progression, but I, I do remember as a kid, even just um, really being aware of God's presence and his power and um, his realness. I'm curious, are you able to describe that dream that you had when you were eight? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I, um, we were actually traveling to um, Thailand at the time. So we lived in Singapore, but we did some mission trips in the, um, in, in the process. And um, so we were staying at this and some, it was like some hut. Um, and I just remember waking up and it was, um, so that the dream was of like hands that were kind of postured in prayer and, um, very like strong lights around it. And I was like kneeling before the hands and, and a voice said, um, your mother is your mother and your father is your father, but I am your God and I always will be. And it was, you know, at the time I was like, that's kind of a strange, I mean, I still remember it so clearly to this day, but it was kind of a strange thing. I'm like, okay, so yeah, my, my dad is my dad and my mom is my mom, but, but he is my God. And I think throughout the years, um, what God has spoken to me through that is just no matter who is most important in our lives or who is before us or, um, God is always imminent. Like he's always over it all and um people and things not that my parent not that my parents like failed me but god is the only one who's gonna always be consistent and um so more than anything though it was just i don't know how to describe it describe it but it was just i knew without a shadow of a doubt that god was who he said he is, yeah. who he says he is. And, yeah. um, just the fear, you know, the fear of God in a good way was really born in my heart during that time. You guys have four kids. Your oldest is 13. Mm -hmm. How long have you been struggling with illness in your body, your physical body? So also 18 years. I, my husband always jokes. He's so cute. He, so I actually got sick on our honeymoon. Um, and I, so I had three, a couple months earlier, I had gone to Pakistan to visit my sister who was a missionary there and, um, didn't realize until a few months later that I had parasites, like a few different kinds of parasites that are quite, um, rare and can also migrate to organs and just cause a lot of damage. And so it took several months before we figured out what was wrong. And by then um, there had already done a lot of damage. And so it, it led to this um, long journey, which I'm still on today of um, just a lot of different, um, really what it did was it lowered my immune system and has just created a lot of other issues, including Lyme disease and um, other autoimmune problems that um it just it, it seems to you know just kind of migrate from one thing to the other mm -hmm. but um but yeah that's it's it's been a long journey 
curious. I, I would imagine somebody with your testimony, especially walking in Christian circles, you would likely have people offering free health advice at, at every turn. What's what's that portion of your story been like when I would imagine you've tried everything and mm-hmm. you I mean do you do you ever have people like offering advice and, and trying to um help you, well meaning, but not mm-hmm. necessarily very mm-hmm. helpful? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, many times over the years and I think it you know, there's a range of things that and I know now, I think in the beginning, the first several years, it was quite hard um, to navigate, like, which advice do I take? Who do I listen to? You know, I know these people are well-meaning, but sometimes um, what people share in, in a desire to help can come across, especially when you're in a place of suffering and struggling, and it can come across uh, as not the right way, you know, like as some people especially in Christian circles, I think we're quick to make judgments and whether it be, you know, well, you may, you may be in sin. Um, maybe there's an issue in your life that you haven't fully surrendered to God, things like that, which, or you don't have enough faith. You know, there's been people that have just um, suggested that, which again, they, these are, I think, legitimate things to, to seek out when you're in a situation like I have been in because um, it does get our attention, um, but at the same time, it's it's hard to, um, yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of maturity. And I think also what I've learned is to to filter everything through through God and have my ear attentive to him so I can take the advice, you know, whether it be something spiritual or um, practical or mm. physical or, you know, a diet or a supplement or you know, so many things because, you know, some things work for some people and, you know, like, like this thing, you know, whatever it is, like it completely healed my aunt, you know, so try it. And, and some of those things I have tried. And, but I think what I've learned through the years is not to just grasp at everything out of desperation, but to bring it before the Lord and surrender it and say, okay, God. Um, And it's not like he always, says yes or no, but at least it's, it's a place where I can surrender before um, just jumping into something and then being once again disappointed because it didn't work. Would you have any advice for somebody who's even listening to this right now, or maybe um, they'll meet somebody with a chronic condition at, at church or at a small group or something, and they have this desire to help, like they really want to help, but maybe don't know the best way to deliver that advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the last chapter of my book is actually called for the loved ones, because I've had so many people ask me that question over the years, you know, how do, how do I help someone um, in that place of suffering? And I mentioned Job's friends in, in the chapter, just because I think in the beginning they did such a good job. They get a lot of bad credit, but they did a very good job for the first seven days. They're just, um, just sitting in silence with with a friend who is suffering and um and really just being with them so i think one of the one of the most important things when someone is struggling is just to be there to to show that you're not going to just 
because um, I think some people, I, I think in general, like we can, we can feel uncomfortable when somebody else is, is struggling, especially if it's not something we're familiar with and we don't know how to help them. And so we're quick to offer words or, or even to push away or something to get us out of that uncomfortable place. Um, but just the state of being and staying and um, showing that um, companionship, I think, speaks volumes. And then the other thing I would say is just to, to try to be informed, you know, if, if it's a, a diagnosis or if it's, um, you know, grief over a certain loss, like it, it means so much to, to try to understand where that person is, where they're coming from, um, try to get information, um, whether it be asking them if they're willing, you know, if that's comfortable for them or looking up, you know, there's lots of information, everything out there that we can find. Um, but just trying to, trying to get informed and then also just being very straightforward and practical. Like how, how can I best help you? Cause yeah. we can guess all day long. Like maybe this person, you know, who knows? We're all different. We all have different needs. And even in the same situation, we're going to need different things. And so just not, um, not backing away, but just offering, you know, practical help, um, or, or again, just to, to be with someone, but be slower to offer advice or solutions, um, unless someone is specifically asking. I, I'm going through a church 101, um, how to start a church basically, mm -hmm. um, class through Luke 10 ministries and the facilitator has done such a great job of encouraging us. And when somebody shares something, a struggle that they're going through or a heavy emotion, instead of rushing to help, they say, you know, like, what, what do you need? Sometimes you don't want somebody or you don't need somebody to be praying for you to stop what they're doing and start shouting out prophetic words. Like, but it's just helpful to ask, what do you need from us right now? Can you Tell us a little bit about how you have found intimacy with God in the midst of your struggle. Mm. We usually ask a question during dinner to kind of uh, start conversation. And this one was, how do we, how do we practice the presence of God on a daily basis? You know, how do we just remember to, to pray and to converse with God during the day? And um, it was, I just was very honest with, you know, the, the ladies I was talking to, because for me, um, I think I am to the point where it, I don't need any, you know, like, like, like Paul's thorn in flesh. I, I think it's just something that because of my physical, um, struggle and, and pain and, um, my weakness, I, I have such a constant reminder that I need, I need God. I need God. I'm so desperate for him that it's not, um, yeah, it's just something that comes so naturally now. And I don't, I don't know where I would be if I, I didn't have this struggle in my life. I'm not, I'm not saying that we, we need a struggle and like, but I, I, I do think that, um, when, when we're in, in situations that are hard, um, that it it causes us. Well, I mean, I think we can turn two two ways, or maybe other ways, but there is a potential for us to dig in deeper to God and to find um, satisfaction in Him that we might not find if 
if things were going well. And a few years in, I think, to the struggle, I um, I became, so in the beginning, I think I was a lot more um, maybe out of pride, just wanting to hold it together and not admit how how hard it was and um, how desperate I was and what a struggle. And, um, and there came to a point where I really recognized I can't do this alone. I, I can't keep up the fake smile, um, you know, trying to be a good Christian, trying to not complain, trying to, you know, all these things that I, I felt like I was doing um, for a good reason. But I also realized that it was, it was, um, I was not fully intimate with God either because I couldn't be real with him. I was so afraid to dishonor him. I was so afraid that I would disappoint um, him or other people or be a burden to other people. And so it was a, it was a, it was a process, I think of just being broken over and over and over again and, um, and admitting I need help. And also the Psalms were just, um, and continue to be just a source of um, an outlet where I'm, I'm able to express things through the Psalms. There's such a gift that um, I don't know if I'd be able to, you know, with, without the, the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that obviously wrote through people, those Psalms, but um yeah, so I, I think it's a it's a continuing process, but I I have found so much comfort in God, like like in Second Corinthians one, which is that the God of all comfort comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we can comfort those in any affliction. And we don't need comfort when we don't need comfort, right? We don't. We're not going to look for comfort if we if we're if we're not suffering if we're not struggling if we're not in pain but it's through that receiving from god in such um in such desperate moments i think that that grows um i don't know just something that is so amazing that um and then in turn like i just i feel so much like i want to give that to others also um because of, of the richness that i've experienced mm -hmm. in in those times. You said that um, God comforts us so that we can comfort others. And it, it reminded me of one of your reviews on your book where, where people said that this was an encouraging book for everyone to read because through your struggle, you identified like you were your, the words that you put on paper for people helped them feel seen. One of the people actually said, Karis sees you, God sees you, and Karis does too. And it felt like to them, or at least to this one person, that you were writing a portion of their story. How mm -hmm. has that kind of feedback motivated you or touched you or impacted you? It's really blown my mind. I So, it, so I, I never intended to write a book. I was at a very um, low place. Uh, and this was about six years ago when in the middle of the night, one night, um, God just spoke to me pretty clearly to start writing. And at that point, I, I could not understand why I didn't want to write. I didn't, I didn't feel like I had anything good to write about. Um, but after a few weeks, I did. But it was mostly just me processing 
um, internally what was going on. Um, just a lot of struggles and questions and how God was speaking to me. And through that process, you know, I, I started kind of uh, reaching out through a Facebook group and then a blog. Um, but I had, you know, I just was continuing to, to just write whenever God, whenever the Holy Spirit would prompt me or put something on my heart. Um, and it, it was very sporadic. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to sit down and write today. It was just like, I felt compelled, like I need to write right now. And so I would just do it. And then the beginning of last year, <laughs> uh, I felt like the Lord was just, again, once again, like, Karis, put, take what you've written and put it into a book. And I was like, no, there's no way. Mm -hmm. This is like, it wasn't intended to be shared. I think it was very, I was, um, I'm more of a, as I, as you can tell from what I shared earlier, I think I tend to be someone who doesn't like to share a lot of the struggle. I more um, hold things in, which is why I think writing was so therapeutic and helpful for me, which again was a gift that God allowed me to do that because I probably wouldn't have unless he prompted me. But um, I think it was through that vulnerability without knowing that it was going to be a book that God really used it um, because I might not have I might not have written the same way had I known it was going to be for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. um, so again, like I just, I just stand in awe um, that, that God would use me. And I, I, I mean, it's obvious from, from the word that uh, he likes to use people who are weak and who don't, you know, seem <laughs> up to a task to, to do what he wants um, mm -hmm. because then he gets the glory, which is, which is um, just my, my desire and all this, you know, is, um, and that's part of why I also hesitated in the book because I was like, I never want this to be about me. Like, I don't want this to be about, oh, what a, you know, what a hard life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, I, that's not um, what I wanted, but, um, but I, I do feel like God kind of released me from that and able to, to see that, um, yeah, that we need to, that vulnerability and being able to open up with other people is just, um, it's, it's so valuable. You know, I'm sure if somebody sees you walking through a shopping mall with your husband and your four beautiful kids, they probably, you know, some people would be tempted to think, oh, I wish I was like her. You know I mean? She, mm -hmm. she looks beautiful and happy and their mm -hmm. life looks wonderful in every way but they have no idea the struggle that's going mm -hmm. on, you know, or the past or, or what you've walked through to get to where you are. You mentioned that thorn in the flesh, that messenger from Satan that Paul talks about in second Corinthians 12 to keep him humble. Maybe. I mean, it, it, mm -hmm. it, God said that his grace is sufficient. Is that like a microcosm of, of what Satan does I, I think that is something that I have been seeking God about for so long, and I, I see, you know, God. God is so beyond; He works so beyond what we can fathom. But I do know, and I have really sensed through my whole struggle that this is not this is not merely uh, physical. I. I do a lot of spiritual warfare in this physical battle because I have sensed, um, I have sensed it quite a bit. And, um, 
I, I won't go into all the details, but I, I have, so part of the, the issue that I have is um, I wake up a lot at night and I'll be completely numb in certain areas. And so just like, I can't feel, I can't feel certain parts of my body and it is, it is like the most terrifying experience. And it, when it started several years ago, it was very clear that it was like, it felt very demonic. It felt like the, the presence in the room during those episodes was so intense. And I had to learn how to fight with scripture and um, fight fear and to a whole new level. Um, and so it's, you know, it's complicated. And, and I, that's something I've always, you know, asked the Lord, like, is this, you know, how much of, of this is purely physical? How much of this is spiritual? How much of this is like mental and, and other, you know, there's so many different components of our, of our bodies, you know, that, that work together in the realms that we, we can't see, we don't understand, um, but have to be fully surrendered. Um, and so it's, I think I've really had to dig deep in so many areas of my life, which, which is good. But then also to not try to figure it out, because I think there's been times where I've just been so determined to figure it out and to get to the bottom of this so it can just be done. Like, I just, I just want to figure out what's going on. Um, because there's been times I'm like, Lord, if like Paul, you tell me, you know, Karis, this is, you know, stop praying for healing. And this is, you know, this is what your my grace is sufficient for you, basically, you know, like mm -hmm. you said, for Paul, I'm like, okay, I will, I will be content and I will stop. But I have not sensed that in my own circumstances. In fact, it's been quite the opposite where I've had quite a few different people give me prophetic words of healing. People I don't even know have come up to me, not even knowing I was sick. And so it's just so interesting. So I just have to hold everything open-handedly, I think, you know, realize that for now, God is using this weakness of mine, but I'm also not giving up on what he could do. And um, I believe God does heal. And I I still pray every day. My my kids, every night when we pray together as a family, they pray that God will heal me. So we'll see. And it's not like you get saved and boom, now all's good. You know, you get to go to heaven someday. Jesus never talked about going to heaven someday. It was always about the kingdom of heaven is here now. I am in faith for you to be healed. I'm going to be applauding when it happens for sure. <laughs> um, in that in between, when you're when you're not there, you're believing that God can heal. You haven't experienced it yet. How do you keep your faith alive? It's a hard place that I have honestly struggled with so much just that, that that place that tension you know feeling like of, of surrendering to god's will but then also living in complete faith and um, and being in a humble state of saying okay god i i don't understand i don't understand what you're doing or why um but you know, like Jesus prayed that we're supposed to pray that things on earth would be as they are in heaven. And that's something that we we should do and we will continue to do until we reach heaven, right? Is that um, that's God's will. It's, it's not always 
because of how everything works out. It's not always how it looks, but that's what God desires for us. And his, um, I think the story that has really spoken to me is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, where they they have such an excellent example of, of how to live in faith and expectation and surrender, you know, because they believed God. They said, you know, we will not bow to the image, you know, that we, we know that God can um, and that he will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we still will not bow. So it's just, right. you know, they 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 believed with 100% of, you know, like God, God can and he will. Like they spoke out of faith, like they're going to, he's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're still going to keep following Jesus, which what a testimony, you know, when God heals us, when God answers our prayers, we glorify him. We give him the credit, we give him the honor. And, um, but then a lot of times we walk in paths where God doesn't give us that. Are we, are we going to continue to honor and glorify him and thank him just as much in those times? And, um, you know, that is also a testimony of, uh, to God, you know, that we are willing to, to follow him no matter what. And so that's, um, yeah, that's just something that I, that I continue to, to strive for is that, that mentality of, um, that they had. And it, I will tell you, it's not easy because it's so it's to become, um, to put your hope in something that you're really longing for, and then to not get disappointed when it doesn't come through is hard because <laughs> I've been there. Um, I think there's been certain times where I've had so much faith, like, Oh, this is the time God's going to heal me. And then it comes and goes, you know? Um, but it's, I think that's also where our faith really grows. <laughs> if all of our troubles and problems went away, as soon as we became Christian, everybody would just become a Christian. Like it, it would just be, it wouldn't require any faith at all. And it's, it's through the hard times that our faith has really grown. It's, it's where we learn to trust him. God's like, are you going to follow me even when it doesn't <laughs> seem to make sense? Karis, your book written from the heart and, and in a lot of ways, the heart of the father coming through using the suffering of this world to draw us into a deeper fellowship, a deeper understanding of why life is the way it is. Um, where can people get a copy of, of that book? And really, who was the book written for? So it's on Amazon. It's, there's a paperback and uh, Kindle there. Uh, it's also, if you go to my website, which is my first and last name, karismeyer.com. Mm-hmm. You can find down there along with um, a, like a printout of questions, that kind of reflection questions that go with the, each chapter that some people have used. It's kind of like a study. So my suffering has mostly been uh, physical, but the way that it's written, the way that I approach it, it's really for any type of struggle, suffering, pain, which pretty much anyone in this walk in this world will have. So um, if if you're desiring to walk closer to Jesus, um, to find purpose in your suffering, to learn how to endure, um, it's it is full of scripture. I will warn you. I, you know, I've had a few people say it's too full of scripture, but most people, 
really appreciate it um, because that's how I live. I, I live by, by the word of God. You know, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's really how I survive day by day is through his word. So um, fair warning, if you're going to get it, you'll get a lot of scripture. What's needed more than that? Um, I am in faith for your healing. Again, I'm in faith for, um, I, I have this, this beautiful image in my mind where you said like your kids pray for you. I love that. You mentioned spiritual warfare uh, earlier in our conversation. Where have you gone to learn about spiritual warfare and what that looks like? Some of it is through other Christians, other believers who um, have had to use it, who've been through the fire. I think it's something that doesn't come naturally, at least to me, it didn't until you really <laughs> need it. And um, it's so much easier. I think, especially when we're fighting something that is so physical, it's so, it seems so tangible. It's so, um, and it seems contrary to, to fight in a different way um, than just to do, to try to go to the solution of, you know, practically, how can I, work this but a lot of it is is honestly through through scripture like i have memorized so many verses chapters even books of the bible and so i i just always i have so much scripture just going through my head all the time and that is i mean that's how jesus fought temptation right was yeah. was through the word of god and um it doesn't have to be anything like you know, weird. I, I think sometimes when we think of like spiritual warfare, we think of like, you know, casting out demons or something, but um, no, Jesus gave us authority and the authority comes from God and it's through the word of God and it's by the Holy spirit. And so if we have Jesus living in us, greater is he who's in us than he is in the world. And we just have to use that power. And honestly, a lot of times it's through worship also that I have to get my eyes off myself. I have to focus on Jesus. And, um, and a lot of times that's, that's through praise and worship also. Thank you so much for being here today. It's just truly an honor. Your story is remarkable. I love how you're touching hundreds and thousands of people all around the world through your pain story and overcoming through that. Thank you. Thank you, David. Absolute honor. Karis Meyer, K-A-R-I-S-M-E-I-E-R.com. Karis Meyer.